Good morning. There are um, times that I get just a taste of what that day is going to be like when we behold him in his glory. And sometimes I, I feel that um, the heart cannot contain what it is that we're going to experience in fullness. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, all that the Lord has prepared for those who love him. These things are revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, writes the Apostle Paul. And this morning, I just have been praying that we might experience this very just taste of the love that Jesus, our Lord, our Father has for each of us. Just a glimpse. We have been studying at Ventura the book of 1 John. And I asked my dear friend if I might have um, permission just to undergird this journey in 1 John with a, a sound which I think unlocks the entirety of John's heart as he wrote. And it's found in this text that you just heard in John 13. If you've got Bibles, if you could turn there to John 13. I fear that this is going to be utterly so familiar to you that you might not be able to hear it well. Or if you do hear it, it might feel like it's another thing to do. In verse 34 of John 13, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, those two words, by this, all people shall know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, this undergirding that if we are to be in mission, if the transforming grace of the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us to share Jesus, the first thing Jesus wants to do is give us the right heart. Give us the right heart. Not just the right message, but the right heart. And the premise of this is not an external command. Something to do. This, this sound comes from personal testimony. Experience. Real, live, living experience. What do I mean by that? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Here it comes. Ready for this? Get it, get it, get it. Just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. In the past, at the cross, yes. 
God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But we're talking about his love now. This is exactly how it says in Revelation chapter 1. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us, present tense. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Present tense. Do you sometimes just feel like you need to feel the love of the Lord for you? Not just because you know it or because you've been taught it, but because you've experienced it. Does that scare you? Does it scare you? It should scare you. Because it's not something we've ever known in this life. The kind of taste that we get in this world, the love always comes with a price. This love comes by grace. This love is different love, altogether different love. The Bible has to even use a different word for it so that you don't confuse them. This one is called agape. The love of the Father through the Son by the Spirit for us, for you now. Do you believe that? So, so let me just make sure we've got this. Because this, this, this story is coming right out of an event a living event which is physical. It's an event I don't understand, and I can rarely talk about it sometimes because I don't get it. It's too much for me. All the days that I have preached, I still, I still don't understand. He arose from supper, he laid aside his garment. He took a towel and wrapped it around himself. He poured water into a basin and he got down to wash our feet. This very movement is the very sound captured in Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. Colossians 2.9 captures it this way. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in bodily form. I don't understand that. The entirety of the agape of the Father is in bodily form, and his name is Jesus. And what he does is he girds himself with a towel and comes to you, to me, to our dirty feet, to love us. It means he has to physically touch us. Did you get that? I think Peter got it. Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus said, what I'm about to do, you're not going to understand. And then out comes the thunder. Never, never. Did you hear it? You can see it here in John chapter 13, and you'll find it in verse 8. 
Never. Never. You see, this is the heartache, dear friends, is that you and I do not feel safe with anybody. We've always got to be in control of all of our relationships, all of them. Lest someone hurt us. And if you've been hurt, you know exactly what I, I'm talking about. And if you've not been hurt, you're not living here on this planet. And so we keep people at a distance and let them in on our terms. Jesus comes on his terms. Do you understand that? He doesn't want to love us on our terms. He wants to love us on his terms. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me, no share. Sometimes I just am so deeply aware of the never inside of us. I want to do for Jesus. I want to be able to have this relationship on my terms. Coming out of the law as Peter did, the way we try to get right with God and be accepted by God is to do for God because this is the way we find love in this world. If we do for somebody, they will approve us. If we do what is right, then they will love us. It's always on terms. It's always on terms. His terms are, as we've heard David say, and, and, the, and the sounds that have already been in this room today, none of us, there's nothing that we can do to deserve this. It's called grace. It's called the outpouring of his love and his favor because he loves us. Did you get that? Not because of what you do, but because of who he is. Not because of what you do, but because of who he is. He loves you. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? No, I mean, do you believe it? Do you really think that he can love you that much? No matter what you've gone through in life. Even though you don't understand some of the tragedies that have happened in your life, do you believe he loves you, knows you? This is the, this is the pulse of what he's, and he's allowing this moment to be a moment where he grabs the foot so that you can feel it, experience his love. So powerful is this love. That he's going to wash Judas's feet with as much compassion and passion as he does Peter's feet. How do I know that? Am I making that up? No, I don't have to make it up. It's here. Because after it's over, he says to them, one of you is going to betray me and they don't know which one it is. Had I washed the feet, it would have been lots of time, lots of time, lots of time, no time. Lots of time, lots of time, lots of time. He loved him just, and it even says at the very beginning, he loved his own to the end, even though he knew what was going to happen. This is called agape. 
And he shows it to us in 13, John 13, so that we will experience and know the fulfillment of this picture when it comes to the cross. Because that water that washes us becomes his blood that cleanses us, that forgives us. Make sense? This is the very essence of why Paul said, I can preach nothing more than Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because it is, he is the power of salvation. That blood washes us, cleanses us, though we didn't even deserve it, and makes us clean. But that is only, only part of the story. The other part of the story As we talked with the men on Friday night, the other part of the story is that he breathes upon us on Easter night. And he says to us, receive the Holy Spirit. Breathes upon us. That's physical. It isn't just in the mind that you've got all the doctrines right. It actually is physical. It is experiential. That we might know this love that's come upon us. This agape. Let me put it in terms different. Just so that you see this. The apostle Paul. Having argued in Romans chapter 4. The justification by faith alone. Not by works but by faith alone. Enters into chapter 5 and says therefore. Since we've been justified by faith, through faith, we have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. Into this grace in which we now stand, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, look at this, it's on the screen. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces perseverance, endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you believe that? This is experiential. I know the song that we all sing because it's all true. Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. It's true. But that same Bible doesn't leave us just knowing it because we've read it and see it and understand it, kind of, but because we've experienced it. This is what we need today. The agape love of Jesus filling our hearts by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. God the Father's love through Jesus poured into our hearts. The agape through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you know, this is going to be so so obvious, but I'm afraid it's not. Do you do realize It is impossible to love one another if we are by ourselves. Raise your hand if you got that. Really? Jesus, our Lord, takes the lost sheep and places the lost sheep in the 99. That's what he does. 
To say it differently from 1 Corinthians 12, 13, by one spirit we are baptized into the body. We are born in Jesus again into him and into each other. Listen to me very carefully. It is impossible to be saved and not belong. It's impossible to be saved and not belong. We are placed into the body of Christ. I can expand that. I, I might expand that if we go on for a few hours. But I, but I need just to, to land that for a moment. I need you to understand that for a moment. Because what's happened in the days of the pandemic is we were separated from each other. We were torn from each other. And the churches had to close their doors. It became very awkward to live in the pandemic with masks and, and rules and how to conduct ourselves, how to isolate, how to protect. Today... We, we know because of how we had to react to it that we had to live feed a church so that people could be feeling some connection. It was a way to survive during that time. But can I tell you that 30 to 40% of Christians, uh, churchgoers in our country have not come back. Some people... I know dear friends who on Sunday morning stay in their pajamas, grab their cup of coffee, and live feed. That's not church. That's not church. At the end of the day, it was the best we could do in piecemealing things together. But we cannot do church unless church comes together. And that we love one another as we have been loved. We are belonging together. It's not to go on TV and be entertained with good music and good prayers and, and a good sermon, hopefully. And then we've done church. We haven't done church unless we're doing it together. Unless we're bound together. And this is exactly what the culture is doing to us. It's ripping us apart. It is I idolizing self, idolizing entertainment. It is shifting our world perspective through social media. It is shifting moral absolutes so that there are no moral absolutes. People are in confusion and they're starving for relationships, starving to feel loved in a world that is changing so much. Some of our churches are um, looking at the culture and they're hiding from it and pointing their finger and saying evil, don't even associate. And so they just huddle in their, in, their, in their little orbit and do church together. They hide. Some churches are compromising. Churches today are deciding whether we, we preach a gospel that is part culture and part scripture. Denominations are leaving the faith. Denominations are leaving the faith. 
It's because of this compromising with the culture. You've got to go with the culture. You've got to go with our morals. You've got to loosen your, your strictness on the Bible being the word of God. In the culture, this is exactly what we're seeing the devil doing with Eve. At the very beginning, what he's now doing with us, the people of God. He first questions, did God say? He then denies it and then reinterprets it. He did it at the beginning. He's doing it now. And we fall for it. Many churches are compromising. Other churches are trying to compete with the culture. The culture entertaining everybody. So we have to entertain everyone. The church is beginning to lose her identity. Who are we? Is there a relevance to the church? How is it we do mission in a culture that is hostile to this gospel? How do we reach this culture that is in confusion? It's confusing our kids. It's confusing everything. And is inflamed by lust. Inflamed by lust. Everything you see, everything you hear in the culture is inflaming lust. How is it that we do our life together and reach this culture? Did any of you ever ask that question? We just go back to the beginning. And it's why the pulse of Papa John in his first letter is so essential to us today. Because he's going to land and undergird this royal fundamental command we start at the beginning. We go back to where it all began. And that beginning is we're going to put our eyes upon Jesus. Exactly how 1 John opens up in the first four verses. We've seen him. We've held him. We've touched him. The word of life. Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. We want that fellowship to be with you. Lifting up Jesus. And then declaring that God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Or as it says in 2.9, if anyone says he's in the light and hates his brother, is still in the darkness, walking in the darkness, does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded the eyes. But if we walk in the light, as we've heard today and heard repetitively in the, in the sermons from 1 John, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship together. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And we begin to walk in the freedom that's given to us. And that agape love begins to take over for us. You're going to hear this later. Right now in Timothy's preaching and David's preaching, we're hearing about the Antichrist who's coming to rip us apart. A little bit later in chapter 3 of 1 John and verse 23. This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if the Lord has loved us so much, we ought to love one another. If he has done this, if he has done this, then we ought to. And the reason we can is because he has poured out his agape into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Do you realize what this means? I call it the agape contagion. This means if you've got it and you've been changed by it, you can't contain it. You've got to love. And it starts here in the fellowship. Even with the people across the aisle that are weird. Don't talk to them. They're just unusual people. Ah, but they're our family. Sometimes I think we're at the cusp of the last times and that Jesus is soon to come. I'm seeing too much lawlessness. I'm seeing hearts in our culture grow cold. But I know this, that the one thing to do to prepare for his coming is to, is to allow the Holy Spirit to do in us what he's called us to do. We are to love one another. And if we know how to love one another among ourselves, then we will know how to take that love to the world out there and radically love. Even if we don't condone and, and, and bless what they're doing, we can love them and show them the love that belongs to our Father, revealed in the Son, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what he's given us to do. Love each other. Love each other. This in the early church, in the Roman Empire, this was the entire pulse. They kept saying of the Christians, look how they love one another. In our culture, I would say, look how they divide from each other and fight over each other. We keep seeing these, this constant sense of ripping ourselves apart, our, our own families. No, no. The royal law teaches us if you know the love of Jesus that has saved you, it becomes a contagion within you. I use the word contagion because I don't understand pandemics. You hear a sound of, a, of an Omicron in South Africa. What is an Omicron? It's some horrible thing. And then your next door neighbor has it. How did that happen? You heard about it and now it's here and it's in your family. Oh, if the agape love of Jesus was like that among us. And why isn't it? Because we're all so self-contained. We're all putting up our boundaries of our nevers. Always keeping Jesus at bay. The Holy Spirit at bay. We need to be in control in our relationship with the Lord. Why? Would you just let him love you? Would you just stop with the words sometimes and lift your hands and say, Oh Lord, I need to feel your love today. I just want to embrace your love. I want to know the power that belongs to you. This is why I, uh, I read the Gospels sometimes and I, I get just overwhelmed by watching the agape himself and how he conducts himself. At one scene, if you remember when He's at this well with a woman who should not be talked to. She's first of all a Samaritan, which for a Jew you have no dealings with those kind. All the racial and all the prejudices we have in our culture right this moment is exemplified there. Second, in that day you'd never speak to a woman especially one alone. 
And third, she's an immoral woman. It's why she's come alone. But agape sees her. Do you know what that's like? When somebody actually comes up to you and sees you? Can you and I have some time together? I want to hear your story. How are you doing today? What's going on with you? Rather than, I want to talk to you because there's something I want to get from you. Or something I need from you. But to actually be seen and know that you're seen. Second, he knows her. He says, go call your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And he knows her. You are right in saying you have no husband. You have had five, and the one you are with is not your husband. I know you. And that gift of knowing does not come with judgment of, yeah, I know you. So that she would feel shame and guilt and condemnation. He does not back away from her. We have a lot to learn in that moment of people that we disagree with and distance ourselves from when we actually should be present with them. Did that make sense? And then he does what only the agape would do. He prizes her. He chooses her. He reveals himself to her. I who speak to you, I am the Messiah. I am he. And those words, because we can see the mark of her conversion, we see the mark of what happens to her when those words are spoken. She drops her water pot, which she came to get the, to get the water from. He, she drops the water pot. This woman now changed by the word. And we know that, right? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of Christ. And that word, I am he, pierced her, changed her. Loved her. And he chose her to be his evangelist to the Samaritans. Who would have chosen her? Agape would. And she lights with the agape love of the Lord. And you would think, what Samaritan would ever listen to her? Because everybody knows her reputation. But she's a changed woman with a changed message. And the agape love of Jesus is upon her. If I could say it this way and get away with it. Bought with the blood that has yet to been shed. Power of conversion. And now they come rushing out. And they say, it's not just because of your testimony. Now we know. Now we've experienced. This is the Savior of the world. I want that contagion in Ventura. I want that contagion to spread to all of Western Michigan. 
It doesn't take the great to do it. It takes the loved. And so let us wash our feet together. Let us love one another passionately and fervently as he has loved us. That we might learn it here. And in learning it here, take it out there. The agape contagion. If you have not really caught on to what I've said, I shall tell it to you in the language of a prayer at the end of Ephesians 3. That God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in agape love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. Get this, get this. Watch out. Seatbelts, seatbelts. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. To know it, but it can't be known here. It surpasses knowledge. That you and I may be filled to all the fullness of God. That's Paul's prayer for us. But it means that you and I have to deal with our nevers. Our walls that we put up with each other and with the Lord. It's time for the nevers to come down. Let him wash you. Let him love you. Let the agape love of Jesus change you. Experience it. Because I'm telling you, with this contagion, once you got it and are changed by it, you have to give it. And if you don't give it, it's because you don't have it. So I beg you, go get it. The Spirit of God upon us. Fill our hearts, O Lord. Your love, Father, pour it into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom you've given to us that we might be a people praising you by loving each other, glorifying you together with one voice and going out into this culture that we've been given here in western Michigan and watching the love of Jesus change the unchangeable. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear these words, stand with me as we close our time together. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now, and forever. Amen.